Courage. I learned it from my adoptive mom. Hold my hand. You hold my hand. <laughs> Learn about adopting a team from foster care at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Earlier this year, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced a new vision for the company that would help address many of the privacy concerns that have been dogging it for the past three years. As part of that effort, Zuckerberg said the company would more closely integrate the messaging technology underlying Facebook and its two other big apps, Instagram and WhatsApp. He described how users would be able to send messages securely between all three apps. But there may be an inconvenient roadblock for Facebook. Last week, the Wall Street Journal reported that as part of an antitrust investigation, the U.S. government is considering stopping Facebook from continuing that integration. Today on the show, why Zuckerberg wants to merge Facebook, WhatsApp, and Instagram, and why the government might try to stop him. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. And I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Monday, December 16th. When Facebook bought Instagram in 2012, the priority wasn't integration. The priority was acquiring a fast-growing rival and turning it into something that would make money for Facebook. Facebook was trying to buy the future. And so Mark did what Mark does, which is, you know, thought kind of dispassionately about what are the apps that we should be thinking about? And rather than compete with them, maybe we could buy them. Deepa Sitharaman covers Facebook. In Instagram's case, people were using it to post these artistic photos of their life. And it kind of encouraged a type of sharing that Facebook wasn't seeing quite as much. I mean, there are certainly photos on Facebook, but people were putting a lot of energy into their Instagram presences. When Facebook bought Instagram, it did catch the attention of the Federal Trade Commission, which monitors businesses for any competitive practices. According to sources, the FTC had concerns about Facebook acquiring even more users, but ultimately it let the deal go forward. But what really drew people's attention was the price of the deal. Facebook spent about a billion dollars on Instagram, which was an absurd amount of money at the time. Yeah, I remember people saying, how are you spending that much money on a company that I think back then had no revenue and maybe like a dozen employees? Yes, no revenue, dozen employees. It it was mocked on late night. A billion dollars of money? (laughs) For a thing that kind of ruins your pictures? You know, it, was, it wasn't an obvious choice for a successful company. It wasn't an obvious choice that, you know, you would buy and spend this amount of money on it. While the Instagram purchase was initially mocked for its price, it actually turned out to be a bargain based on how popular the app became. Then, just two years later, Facebook paid more than 20 times what it spent on Instagram to buy another company, WhatsApp a messaging service that had 450 million users at the time. Mark made a similar bet on messaging. He paid what wound up being $22 billion for WhatsApp. And that was also (laughs) seen as an absurd amount of money for something. But, you know, at that point, Mark and the other Facebook executives really thought messaging is how people are communicating. 
The FTC also signed off on Facebook's acquisition of WhatsApp. And once both of these deals were complete, Facebook controlled three of the world's biggest social networks. Initially, Facebook largely kept these companies separate from each other and from Facebook. And the the co-founders of Instagram and WhatsApp believed that they would be on their own, you know, that they would be able to execute their vision while being backed by one of the most powerful companies in the world. And for a long time, these companies did operate in sort of separate silos. It was kind of a, a perfect setup if you're one of these founders, you know, what better setup could there be? Kind of an unlimited budget. Yeah, it's sort of like have your cake and eat it too. Absolutely. And they did for years, you know, until Facebook started to exert a little bit more control. One of the first major moves toward integration came when Facebook connected Instagram to its ad platform. That allowed advertisers to buy targeted ads across both Facebook and Instagram at the same time. With Instagram, the vision was the co-founders would retain control over the product. They would control how it looks, how it feels, how it expands, the new features that are added to it. But they would work together with Facebook on ads. And so they plugged into the Facebook system. And that marriage really worked for a long time. You know, the co-founders were happy that they were able to execute on their own product vision. And Facebook was happy because they were making lots of money. The ad integration was a massive success. Ads on Instagram now account for one-fifth of Facebook's overall ad revenue, according to one analyst. But for WhatsApp, integrating with Facebook created a lot more conflict. WhatsApp was a different story altogether. You know, when Facebook bought WhatsApp in 2014, Mark Zuckerberg told analysts, I don't believe that ads work in messaging. But then that dynamic started to change starting in around 2016. WhatsApp co-founders were starting to hear from the Facebook top brass. So how are we going to monetize this $22 billion purchase we made? How are we going to make money from it? And they tried to come up with different strategies, but ultimately the Facebook executives thought advertising was the best possible way. And so there was a clash with the co-founders over that, over that philosophy, because they didn't want to introduce ads in the product at all. WhatsApp has resisted advertising from the very beginning because the company says it could compromise the privacy of its users. This is something that one of the founders, Yan Kum, is passionate about. He grew up in Soviet-era Ukraine, where the government could track communication. WhatsApp is an encrypted app, so that means a third party can't intercept a message and, and unscramble it and read it. It means that Facebook didn't have any kind of insight into what its users were saying to each other. And that, that was a very different vision from what Facebook had, which was public. You know, everything is out there for you to, to see and ingest. Facebook's openness was anathema to WhatsApp, especially when it came to ads. While Facebook used user data to sell targeted ads, WhatsApp's co-founders once wrote in a blog post, we wanted to make something that wasn't just another ad clearinghouse. They also called ads insults to your intelligence. The dispute between the WhatsApp and Facebook leadership grew so bitter that WhatsApp's co-founders eventually left the company. As a result of breaking their contracts, each founder walked away from payouts worth hundreds of millions of dollars. The WhatsApp founders left in part over this issue on monetization, on actually making money. 
And then there were also disagreements over what monetization would mean for encryption. There were certain things around the edges that Facebook wanted the the co-founders to consider that they wouldn't. Both WhatsApp founders were gone by the spring of 2018. Since then, Facebook has announced plans to put ads in WhatsApp. And the WhatsApp founders weren't the only high-profile departures in 2018. It also happened at Instagram. One day last fall, the Instagram founders suddenly and very abruptly from the outside left. And that was the culmination of enormous conflict over control of Instagram. You know, Facebook was starting to do things to try to divert Instagram's growth into Facebook's growth and push people from Instagram to Facebook. And that was very different from before. And it impinged their ability to control their destiny, which they really didn't like. Zuckerberg replaced these founders with longtime Facebook executives. And then Facebook made one of its biggest moves. Earlier this year, Mark Zuckerberg tried to articulate what he called kind of a privacy-focused vision of the social network. Zuckerberg outlined this vision in a lengthy blog post, which he called a privacy-focused vision for social networking. Facebook, of course, had faced serious backlash over privacy scandals since the 2016 election. And Zuckerberg's blog post announced a new course for the company. He wrote that he wanted Facebook to be more like a digital living room than a digital town square, and that the future of social media was private messaging, not public posts. He listed some key aspects for this new Facebook, including encryption and secure data storage. Another key aspect of it was this idea that he called interoperability. And it's the ability for the different apps that Facebook manages to speak to each other. Interoperability. This is what sources say is worrying government regulators right now. And this concept of interoperability would mean combining the technology underlying the three apps, WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook, so that they can talk to each other. The idea is if I'm scrolling through Instagram and I see a post that I really like and that I want to share with my friend, let's say my friend's not on Instagram, I can send it from Instagram to WhatsApp. And I can message somebody from Facebook Messenger to WhatsApp. You can have these threads, these very tight threads between these different platforms to make all these different apps somewhat seamless. Facebook says that by connecting the apps, it can ensure that messages sent between them are secure and private. Zuckerberg has said that consumers have wanted Facebook to be more secure. You know, he looks at crises like Cambridge Analytica as proof, right? So that's why the shift to private messaging and encryption is happening. There's also this argument that he makes around ease of use. You know, it is easier for users to be able to message their friends on different apps if that's what they choose to do. He frames it as, you know, more choice. And this whole idea is hugely controversial, both internally and externally. Internally, the idea is controversial because Facebook employees say it's enormously difficult to actually build the technology to make it possible. And externally, it's not clear that consumers are actually clamoring for it. There are a lot of critics, though, that look at that argument and say, (laughs) I'd say, no, this isn't about more choice. 
What it's actually about, these critics are saying, is antitrust. This is about making these companies, you know, these different units so tightly interwoven that it's impossible to break up if that comes to pass. Why critics are saying it's time for a breakup of Facebook and how Facebook's move could make that more difficult after the break. Courage. I learned it from my adoptive mom. Hold my hand. You hold my hand. Learn about adopting a team from foster care at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Welcome back. As Facebook executives in California push ahead with their plan, the company is dealing with a significant challenge across the country in Washington, D.C. This summer, Facebook disclosed that it was under investigation by the Federal Trade Commission for possible antitrust violations. The bigger argument around all of this is around anti-competitive practices. You know, is Facebook's enormous resources and sharp elbow tactics, have they squashed competition before it could get started in earnest. Right, because the biggest, fastest rising companies, WhatsApp and Instagram, are are part of the Facebook family now. And other startups like Snapchat have, you know, they're, they're surviving, but they're not nearly as dominant. Absolutely. It's hard to compete with Facebook. Facebook denies that it hindered competition in the tech industry. It says that Instagram and WhatsApp were much smaller and had no revenue when they were purchased. Facebook helped them grow, and the company says it shouldn't be punished for success. But not everyone agrees with that logic. There's a rising group of critics and economists and lawmakers who think maybe the solution is Facebook should break up. And so there is this groundswell of debate happening around antitrust. Are these companies too big? Has Facebook bought up too many of its competitors, has squelched the competition too much, disrupted the landscape, made it impossible for them to have a challenger and therefore to compete on issues like privacy. Does Facebook have too much power? And so these conversations, as you know, with each controversy that Facebook is enduring, this conversation around should these companies be broken up is getting louder and louder. So now bring us up to what we learned last week with the Federal Trade Commission. What is this possibility that they might put an injunction in place that could potentially stop Facebook from moving forward with this interoperability plan? What does that tell us about where this investigation is headed? So last week, there was an additional update. The FTC is considering this preliminary injunction that would prevent Facebook from stitching all these different apps together. That's according to people familiar with the matter. And this may not happen. The FTC may choose not to make this move. But the fact that it's under consideration is pretty incredible because Facebook has been working on this for about a year. Facebook is applying a lot of engineering resources to it and trying to make it happen. And the idea that the FTC might stop that work, which is complicated work that Mark says is a part of his vision for social networking, it really speaks to how different the environment is around Facebook these days. Because this is a company that is built on 
Mark's ambition. It's a company that is built on his ideas for where the future of communication will go. And he has an uncanny knack for predicting that correctly, or at least forcing his vision to come true through his enormous platform. And the FTC preliminary injunction would halt that vision. It would prevent him from being able to see through his vision in a broad way. What would happen to the investigation, the antitrust investigation, if Zuckerberg were to succeed in integrating the companies? If you take it from the critic standpoint, and there are a lot of Facebook critics out there that say this, it would make it very hard to break these companies up. As they become more integrated, the lines are a little bit more blurred. Suddenly, these companies are sharing all this information and sharing these assets. It becomes much harder to tease out what is part of Facebook and what is not. And it makes it harder then to take these companies and split them apart because they share such critical infrastructure. They already share an ads infrastructure, which is enormously critical. This is adding another layer of messaging. It just makes the idea of a breakup much messier. The remedy becomes less clear. It seems like the government is sort of increasing its own leverage by keeping a breakup at least on the table if they move forward with this injunction. Yeah, it's a pretty extraordinary move. What has Facebook said about the antitrust investigation? In general, when it comes to antitrust, you know, they disagree. They don't think they should be broken up. But they have said repeatedly that they would be open to more regulation. I think at this point, Zuckerberg has said publicly, you know, at a certain point, we do need to be regulated because the current situation cannot stand. Pass some laws that we can follow so we could stop this relentless stream of criticism and get on with the business of the day. Facebook has also said that the three apps are already heavily integrated and that its move to stitch the messaging functions together has nothing to do with antitrust. The company says it's all about making the apps better for consumers. What do you think is going to happen next? This is an unusual consideration from the FTC, given that they rarely break up companies. And so we're going to have to see if they make this move. It's a pretty significant one. As we understand it, they're trying to understand as much as they can about the company and about the way it works and the way that it treats the competition and the acquisitions it makes. So they're in fact-finding mode. But what this consideration of this preliminary injunction suggests is that they've learned enough about the way Facebook functions to see the idea of integrating all these different apps as a potential roadblock to a remedy. What that basically means is that a project that's been underway at Facebook for a year now is at risk. It means that Facebook might need to stop that work, which the company had considered to be a big part of its future. Now, if the FTC decides to make this move, it's a pretty significant one. Before it could proceed, the Federal Trade Commission would need a judge to sign off on the injunction, which means that Facebook would have an opportunity to challenge the move in court. That's all for today, Monday, December 16th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen. We're out every weekday afternoon. 
Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.